To the glory of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Tonight we recall two gifts that Jesus Christ gave his followers before his death. On the night before his arrest and his trial, Jesus and the disciples gathered to eat the Passover meal together in the most famous spare room in history. After the hustle and bustle of the crowds in Jerusalem, it must have been refreshing to get away to a quieter place, to be together, to shut the door and share a meal, as well as the intimate fellowship that had always held their little band together, even in the most challenging times. There had been difficult moments, of course, especially once they arrived in the city. But in that room, around that table, they must have felt restored and not afraid. There must have been comfort in the friendship that they shared and in the familiar rituals of eating with one another. For at least a little while, things were as good as they had ever been. Jesus and his disciples, his friends, together at the table to recall God's goodness and acts of deliverance. These men have learned so much from their master, and they have come so far together, but their journey is about to take an unexpected turn. This is the last moment of calm before the storm. And Jesus cannot just come out and tell them what to do. They will have to ride this one out on their own. But Christ has a little time left to be sure that they have everything they need. Despite all that they have shared with Jesus, his followers are perhaps blissfully ignorant of what the next few days will hold and how their world is about to change. So instead of giving more instruction or more preaching, Christ gives his disciples two great gifts, an act of service and a meal. The washing of feet was usually, of course, performed for guests by servants or enslaved people. It was a sign of the lavish hospitality of the host offered on his behalf by the lowest ranking members of the household. We remember the woman who anointed Jesus' feet with expensive perfume and how her offering of unrestrained and undignified gratitude was so poorly received by his disciples. And that's because foot washing is an incredibly intimate gesture. Peter may protest because Peter, of course, always wears his feelings on his sleeve. But Jesus, as usual, has an answer. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Jesus' disciples must be willing to receive his humility and his offering of love. And if they seek to control him, they will be unable to share in his kingdom. Everything that Christ offers, then as now, must be received as a gift. 
Now we can only imagine how dirty their feet must be, what they might have stepped in during the long walk from Galilee down to Jerusalem. And Jesus, of course, is not just some servant. He is their Lord and their master. But this act of humble service is in keeping with everything that Jesus has said and done in his earthly life. He has consistently proclaimed that he is one who will lead by serving. And by serving in this way, he shows that while he is indeed the Son of God, the Messiah, he is also one who loves his friends more than just words can ever express. And he tells them, as he does this, that he is modeling a new commandment, that they should love one another as he has loved them. How often do we similarly find ourselves relying on acts of service or gifts of time and attention when words feel inadequate to convey how we feel? The coming days will divide the disciples one from another. They will all fall away. But here, the lines of authority between the teacher and his disciples are erased. And the Lord kneels to serve those who are as close to him as brothers. After washing their feet, Jesus leads the disciples through the Passover meal, the great feast of Jewish deliverance, reinterpreting it for them in light of his own life and his impending death. His sacrifice on the cross will be a new Passover, ransoming the world from sin and death by the blood of a pure sacrificial lamb. And he tells the disciples that each time they eat together, they should remember him. That even after his departure and the sharing of bread and the wine, he will be made present to them in a powerful way. He will be there with them. In the time to come, sharing this meal together will help them to recall their friend and his teaching. But it will also give them the strength that they need to proclaim him as Savior and Lord. It will become the central act of worship of the church that Christ founded and that his disciples will lead. The Eucharist is the place where all followers of Jesus have come for generations to remember his offering of himself, to proclaim his victory, and to anticipate his coming again in great glory. Our hope is built on his sacrifice on the cross, but our hearts are gladdened and our spirits are restored at this table where we are fed by the Lamb of God who is both host and meal. The Eucharist is a powerful mystery, but in the sacrament of his body and blood, Christ makes us, like those first disciples were, into friends of God. And when we meet with Jesus in the Eucharist, we are strengthened to live as his community and to go out into the world to love and serve others, to proclaim the gospel and to wash feet, to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. The Eucharist makes the body of Christ present in the world again through us. Jesus gives his disciples these two parting gifts, an act of humble service and a meal which is itself an offering. 
these two acts of love will endure. When the Messiah is denounced by one of his own followers and on trial for his life, when the disciples are no longer united and hide in their fear, when all hope is lost and all lights go out, what will endure in the small hours of that dark night of the soul is love. The love of God that called the disciples to follow Christ and bound them together as brothers and friends, no matter their differences. And despite the suffering, humiliation, and death of Jesus on the cross, that love will not fade. And we share these moments together as a community this evening, washing one another's feet and feasting at his table, because like the first disciples, we cannot forget the vulnerable love of God that Christ has shared with us. Soon we will strip this sanctuary of all of its finery, just as Christ's body was laid bare by his tormentors. The linen and the brass and the vestments will be removed. The candles will be snuffed. The lights will go out. And when we are done... All that will remain will be the body and blood of our Lord, left here for those who wish to watch and pray a little while longer. And at the end of the night, even those elements will be consumed, seeming to leave nothing behind. But even then, the love of God remains. When everything else is dead and buried, when every connection is broken, whatever or whoever else might be taken away, the love of God that Jesus showed to his disciples in that upper room never fails. Amen.